have kids, they said. It will be fun, they said. Who the heck are they anyway? As moms, we sacrifice a lot for our families, our time, our health, our wallets, our identity, friendships, personal care, and of course, our beloved sleep. Motherhood is a crazy ride, one that is not meant to be braved alone. It takes a village, right? Well, your village is here. I'm your host, Sabrina Greer, and every week I'll be diving into the gray areas of motherhood with some very special guests. This is not the highlight reel, but the real deal. So reheat that cup of coffee, turn up the volume, and get ready for the reminder that you've got this, mama. Hello, and thank you for tuning in. You're listening to You've Got This Mama, the podcast. I'm super excited for today's guest. We met a while back now, and I've been trying to get her on the show for a bit, but now she's here. Hi, Danielle. Hello, Sabrina. (laughs) Hi. So I'm going to formally introduce you, and then we're going to chat about all things farm life, because our listeners know I recently moved to a a farm, I guess you call it as well, a hobby farm. Mm -hmm. But what you have going on is just so incredible and such a beautiful space. I've had the pleasure of being there a few times now. Okay. So Danielle French and her family live at South Pond Farms in Bethany Hills of Southern Ontario. She's the founder of South Pond Farms, a culinary destination for weddings, farm to table suppers and workshops. Danielle was born in Germany, grew up in Vermont and came to Canada via McGill University in Montreal. In 2006, looking for a simpler way of life for her and her four daughters, <laughs> four, <laughs> from Toronto to a farm, Danielle wanted to connect to a rural way of living. She met her partner, Sean, when searching for someone to help her rebuild the old barn on the property. Danielle loves to create unique settings and menus for many events she offers at South Pond Farms. Danielle is also host of a television series called Taste of the Country, formerly on Netflix in 11 countries, now on YouTube and Cottage Life Channel in Canada, where she shares her tips, secrets, trials, and tribulations of life and work on the farm. Amazing. Thank you, Danielle, so much for being here. It's great to be here. Awesome. So tell me, we just heard a little bit about your story, but tell me, tell me your side of the story. (laughs) <laughs> you know, what's, what's it like moving from the city and being all over the place to, you know, moving rural? What was your experience like? Well, my experience, probably similar to yours, um, you know, I ha- my kids at the time, my daughters were younger. My eldest was 12. My youngest was, I want to say five and just starting kindergarten. And, you know, I just really wanted to Uh, bust free of what I sensed was like a real urban path. And I, I'm certainly not, um, I I love, I love living in the city, no question about it, but I also really wanted to connect to sort of a real simpler existence, which I perceived at the time to be in the country, you know, to kind of learn how to grow your own food and, um, where your food comes from and maybe having some animals and just, I don't know, having like a different kind of world. So it was, uh, that first year was definitely fantastic, but it was also difficult for me because I was going through a divorce and I, my whole friend connection was still in the city. And, you know, as you know, from yourself, from picking up and dropping off kids and, trying to get to school by, you know, the pickup time and, 
you're, you're in the car up in, uh, in the country, you're in the car a lot more than you are in the city. And it's hard to just get in your car and drive down to Toronto and hang out with your friends uh, and then try to make it back for a three o'clock pickup time. I mean, you really have to embrace the whole life here and not just some little parts of it. So I think that that first year was just a real, uh, really getting to know myself more, spending a lot of time alone uh, and being really happy with my own company, which in the city, you know, it's easy to get together with friends for coffee or you're doing things or you might be going to a movie or going, you know, it's just, it's just a very different life. And here I found it to be a little bit more isolated uh, and insular. And I really needed to come up with my own things to keep me happy versus looking for them elsewhere. Mm. Yeah, I love that you said that because, you know, I operate a business very much like yourself. You know, it's a mostly digital business and this crazy world that we live in today. And it's funny because I do a lot of work from the car because, Mm -hmm. you know, it's an ongoing joke with a lot of my clients. They're like, are you driving again? (laughs) Why are you always in the car? And it's true because, you know, it's not the same as just being able to pop in and out and go places quickly and hop on the subway or, you know, hop on a bus. It's, it's very different way Mm -hmm. of living, but Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's beautiful and there's land and there's space and I'm finding, you know, my kids are all different ages. Um, Our listeners know I have a 13 year old and, you know, a five-year-old and a two-year-old and I, I see them all thriving because there's just so much room to, go back to the way it was when we were kids, right? It's like, yeah, go ahead, go out and ride your bike and come home at dinner and, Mm -hmm. you know, like explore and get lost a little bit and play because in the city, that's not possible. Mm -hmm. Right. So I really, I feel like it's a really great way to raise kids and, you know, it definitely is different, but it's a beautiful way. How old were your children when, when you moved? Uh, So my eldest daughter, Carlisle was 12 or just turning 12 and my youngest daughter was five, Aubrey Rose. So, um, and I had, you know, I mean, in that first year, um, my third daughter, Olivia, like lost her hair. And um, it was, it was stressful. Like she loved, um, she loved being here. She, all of the girls like bought into the concept of moving away from their friends and moving out here. Um, But I think that the stress uh, affected them differently and positively and negatively. And I think for Olivia, for example, I really didn't register that subliminally how much probably upheaval it was. And so, you know, she had a situation where she had a guinea pig from the class um, that she was taking uh, care of for the weekend and the guinea pig died because it was shocked by our dog and like plus her parents were breaking up and plus she was in a new environment and literally the next day her hair fell out and I spent I'm gonna say probably a year driving around in my car to all parts of Ontario trying to find out why this happened and what I could do until Obviously, much time later, I realized she was pretty comfortable with it, and I needed to let go of trying to help. I just needed to be a mom and be supportive of her and 
um, and let that go. And that was hard. But I think what it really taught me was that you think, you know, you've got the best laid plans and you think it's really wonderful, but everyone reacts to change differently. And that for her was something that obviously, I mean, she still has no hair and she's a, an Olympic athlete and she's awesome and lovely and beautiful, but it was very hard for her in those early years to have that happen. So things do change and you don't necessarily, I guess my point is you don't really realize the impact that it's having on your family until like something like that happens. Yeah. And it's, it's so interesting you say that because I feel like, you know, so much impacts our children, right? So much of our, our decisions and what we do, but at the end of the day, as parents, you know, often we're forced to make life-changing decisions mm-hmm. because we are the parents. And, you know, I do feel like we, we sometimes give ourselves a hard time. You know, we wear the weight of that as if it were, you know, our fault or mm-hmm. something along those lines. And I, I just, I think it's important to remember as parents that, you know, this, this is our job. It's our job to, mm-hmm. to care for them and, mm-hmm. and make decisions, whether, you know, it's difficult or not, or, you know, big decisions, life-changing decisions or not, it, it's still our, our job to do mm-hmm. that. So, well, I mean, I think that sort of led me into um, kind of realizing, okay, I need to do something. I need to uh, create an economic uh, impact uh, for my family and what am I going to do? And so one of those, um, decisions that I made was to start a little business from home, which, uh, was, you know, had a lot, certainly a lot more positive uh, impacts than negative, but definitely it was also an adjustment for our family because while I was got to be at home with the girls and which is my primary focus, it was also, um, I got busier and busier over the years and more and more of the business affected our family. And I'm, I think, especially for my youngest daughter, she was like, you know, mom, can we talk about something else besides South Pond Farms? And I thought, oh man, (laughs) point taken, (laughs) point taken. So, uh, you know, there's positives and negatives for sure with all of that. Yeah. Well, it's funny you went there because I was about to ask you about your business. Do you mind sharing a little bit about, um, you know, South Pond Farms, what it is, how you created it, um, and and how it's evolved? The um, well, I mentioned that I wanted to start something from home, and I decided that I wanted to be a cheesemaker. And so I spent a year um, going on courses and sometimes taking the kids with me to cheese making classes and um, having a sheep dairy farm. And it just seemed like such a great idea. And so I spent that year researching. And one of the last places that I went to was in Vermont, coincidentally, which is where I'm from. And I was waiting for the couple who had started this business. And while I was waiting for them, there was someone in this beautiful farm kitchen um, making something. And I said, hey, you know, what are you making? And she said, oh, I'm baking bread for our farm dinners that we have on Sundays. And uh, we use ingredients from the farm. And then these suppers are sold out for the whole summer. And... I 
just thought to myself, like, bingo, that's what I want to do. I want to bake bread. I want to have farm dinners. Uh, I'm not going to be a cheesemaker. So I drove home and I met up with a couple of girlfriends from the city. And I said, you know, gosh, how am I going to get this started? So I decided to do a food delivery service where I would make, um, I called it a weekend basket to go, and I would make a dinner for four people. If you ordered it by Tuesday, I deliver it on Friday. I started with a mailing list that included my friends and hoped that they would share my menu with their friends. And the very first week, I remember um, Carlisle kind of looking over my shoulder and seeing an email come in and said, yes, I'll take a basket on Friday. And we were all so excited. We all were just jumping for joy. Oh my gosh, there's an order in. And then, um, you know, by the middle of that winter, I was had food over every single surface of my house uh, to deliver it to Toronto, which of course, in retrospect, made absolutely no economic sense to do that <laughs> whatsoever. Uh, but it really gave me experience of cooking for more than a few people. It gave me the experience of dealing with people. And I found that I, would, I was sending out the email sort of Sunday night. And instead of just sending the menu, I started including a little story about that menu. And I was very much influenced by my grandmother, who. Uh, baked and preserved and cooked over a wood stove like I was cooking over a wood stove and I'd say you know this weekend from the farm this is what we've got and I had put in a garden was trying to use some of my own produce and preserves and making jam and so it just sort of started from there and um, and then about six months into it I knew that I needed to make some changes like I knew that probably working out of my house wasn't going to work. Um, and I did get a call from our municipality saying, hey, Danielle, great idea, but uh, you do have a proper kitchen, correct? And that's when mm -hmm. I sort of pushed the pause button and said, okay, great, what am I going to do? And I um, met this guy named Sean who was referred to me as someone that um, – helps, you know, has a real sensitivity to barn structures. And I had a barn that was falling down. And I was thinking about the possibility of creating a kitchen space in that. And sort of one thing led to another, but that's the how things started. And Sean, you know, really saw a bigger picture that I don't think that I fully saw myself. I was looking at, oh, I'm going to make food uh, to prepared food. And whereas once the barn was fully restored, uh, people called me to say, hey, could I have my event here at your beautiful place? And so I transitioned from cooking and sending my food out to cooking for myself here on the farm. And it brought me to a step closer to like a dream I had, which was having these farm to table dinners and baking fresh bread and making fresh food and serving it to people that come here to the farm. And now I've been doing this now for nine years and we're a Feast Ontario member, which means that most of our food is locally grown and sourced. 
we grow more and more every year from our gardens, more and more of our own food. So I'm really proud of the, where we've gone in a short period of time. But I also think it's just the foundation of something that is bigger that I am still thinking about, but that really looks wider at, you know, the farm itself and how, um, what else we can do with it to really connect people to that rural simplicity that I was looking for, you know, 12 years ago when I came here. Mm, I love it. I am such a fan of your work. I think it's amazing what you're doing and it's been a massive inspiration for me for our move and everything that we do. And yeah, I just, I think there's definitely a need for, you know, building community and, you know, share, like breaking bread with one another, like having those sit down meals and connecting with people. And I, I just think it's, it's so beautiful what you're doing. And I'm going to put links to all of your stuff in the show notes so people can, you know, find you and come because it's really an interesting area. I mean, we're basically neighbors now, which I love, <laughs> um, but it's such an interesting area because it's, you know, an hour from Toronto airport, an hour you know, the yeah. other way, like it's really just in the middle of stuff. And so many people are drawn to, you know, the Muskokas and, you know, cottage country when mm -hmm. it comes to looking for destination places in Ontario. And I just, I really want to encourage people to, to think outside the box and see what's going on in rural communities because mm -hmm. it's pretty magical. You know, a lot of people are moving from the big cities and doing what you and I have done. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we're city folks <laughs> creating these like beautiful spaces and things outside of the city. And, you know, so it's got the same energy and, you know, passion as you would expect at a restaurant in the city, but it's got like that quaint like beauty that you could never have property in the city mm -hmm. you could never have that sort of experience because it just doesn't exist right even if you're a billionaire you don't have property in the city because there's just no property to be had <laughs> so mm -hmm. I just I think you know it's really important that, um to be visible so people can can find all the amazing stuff that mm -hmm. you're up to because mm -hmm. it's awesome so yeah, yeah, listeners, if you haven't checked out South Pond Farms yet, go, go, go to it. Um, <laughs> we'll actually be hosting some events, you know, top secret hush hush at the moment, but uh, look out in 2020 because we'll be hosting some things there that you'll want to get your hands on. So tell me a bit, you know, jumping back to obviously this is a motherhood podcast and, you know, our, our listeners well, many of them are mamapreneurs and, you know, they're, they have their own businesses and all of this is super interesting. I'm just curious, your experience as an entrepreneur and having four daughters, you know, how, how did that impact your daughter's life maybe with their choices and, you know, how they grew up and, and did they have an impact on your business and how you structured it? Well, for sure, because I didn't really want to take time away from uh, them. Like I wanted to be home uh, to pick up the kids from school, which meant, you know, three or four o'clock and to have dinners together, which we had every single night. And so that part of our days, I did not want to be impacted. And so um, obviously, I think the biggest change was weekends, because as we started becoming busier and people were coming to the farm, 
for weddings and different celebrations. Weekends is an, is an important time. So I, I think that was an issue, but at the same time, the girls were also really um, so positive about what we were doing, um, that people loved the farm and that I, I think that they just saw, you know, I think they were proud of me. Um, I think they were proud of me because we had started something and people loved what we were doing. And, and I know uh, that that will be something of a role model that they could also, you know, do their own thing that having their own business is definitely something that they could strive for as well. And so, pardon me, the, um, the impact of, of our family was, yeah, we had people showing up sometimes and there was people here at the farm, which was our house, which was where we lived and our private space became a little bit less and less every year. But the positives were that they, uh, their mom had done something that they were proud of and that they were all in turn part of it. I mean, everyone uh, worked with me, with us together building this. So like my youngest daughter, Aubrey Rose, used to do a little bit of everything, you know, wait the tables. And she was an awesome pizza, make, pizza maker from our outdoor pizza oven. And um, I once described her in a blog post as um, a guest saying to me, I know who your secret weapon is, pointing to young Aubrey Rose. And I wrote mm-hmm. about that in a blog post. And then a couple of years later, um, this tour bus arrived and the first person out jumped and said, is the secret weapon here? And I knew exactly what they were referring to. They were referring to Aubrey Rose, who was coincidentally here at that time being a teenager. She had, but you know, that time she was off running and doing her own thing. So I think, um, yeah, and my eldest daughter, Carlisle is here with me for the last year and has been helping me run the business. And after graduating with a master's in sustainability management and doing her own thing, she's come back to help me here, which of course I'm more than proud of. Um, I think it's wonderful. And I know that um, this farm has had an impact on her for sure. Yeah. That's amazing. Cause I, I work with so many mom entrepreneurs. That's sort of, you know, anyone who's been following along with my journey knows that, that I am a clarity coach. I work with moms on sort of like discovering their passions outside of motherhood. And I just, I've, you said something in there that really resonated. I think it's so powerful because our kids are watching us always, right? They're, they're sponges. They see everything. And we often tend to lean towards mom guilt and say, oh, well, it's taking time away from them. And, you know, it's, I don't want to do that because it'll take away from their childhood. But I think it's a really powerful message to say, you know what, like, it's amazing to see what mommy's done. And I'm proud of my mom and she's created something amazing. And that inspires me as a child to aspire to be something more, to do more, to be more, right? So I I think it's a really powerful statement to, Mm -hmm. you know, they are always watching and they will follow and, you know, they want to be of use. They want to be of service. They want to help. And I think it's a really amazing foundation that you've created for your girls because, you know, they're, they're adults now. Well, young, 
young adults, right? Yeah, Aubrey Rose just left the roost, the nest Mm -hmm. to go off to Queens. So she's a freshman there. And um, my second daughter, Grace, is um, working in Toronto. And Olivia is training for the rugby um, Canadian women's team. So, and she lives in Victoria. So it's, you know, it's just really Carlisle and I at home. And and of course, Sean (laughs) and the dogs and the cats and pigs and goats. (laughs) So, yeah, you know, it's just us, but um, for sure, I know that it's been an important grounding for them as a, and for us as a family. I bet they're excited to come home for family meals though. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) That'd be a pretty, pretty incredible uh, experience having family meals at your place. (laughs) Oh, so good. Well, I'm, I'm really excited for where your business is going to do you want to explain just a little bit about some of the events that you've hosted and will continue to host in the future so if any of our listeners feel aligned to those they can check them out because I think they will (laughs) well in the summer we do like I said we do a lot of sort of celebrations and private celebrations which include weddings and other things anniversaries that sort of thing and we do farm to table dinners and full moon suppers in the summertime and uh, and we also are open for lunches uh, but in the winter time it's beautiful here as well as you know the leaves are wonderful and, and snowshoeing in the winter time and so we offer smaller uh, events like bread making workshops and cooking classes and fermenting workshops and we're also open for brunch on Sundays uh, every Sunday and then we get our share of sort of private inquiries, people that want to host a small uh, group here. So we can't use the barn because obviously we would freeze, Mm -hmm. but we can use our beautiful kitchen, which has a small space for those types of events. So we keep going all year long and I use the time to do some writing. Um, I write for different publications and I am hoping, and I write a blog as well. And uh, just to try to reach out further in the community and doing different things in the winter is when you kind of gather together, gather your thoughts and think forward to the next year. Absolutely. So when you say you're open for lunch and brunch, you you have a functioning restaurant on the property too, right? It's not well, just we use our events. working, it's, our, it's really our working kitchen. So mm-hmm. it's where we work, it's where we do our workshops and then we open that up for you know, sort of an intimate gathering for brunch. I guess but you people, could call it a restaurant, but I, so I don't really classify don't, it at that. Yeah, but people don't need to, um, you know, book way in well, advance for they, a private They don't event. necessarily need to book way in advance, but the last month we've been sold out for, and, and I, I just hate turning people away because <laughs> as you know, when they drive here, they're not coming from around the corner. Uh, right. They've come a distance. And if you haven't reserved, I've, we've been booked up. So I've had to turn people away, which I hate doing. So I keep thinking, oh, maybe we'll give them a picnic basket and a glass of malt cider and they can wander around and walk on the trails or see the property. Uh, So that happens. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, well, that's great though. And these are good problems to have, you know, they're good problems to having to turn people away. That's, that's not the worst thing. And and you've come up with a solution. So that's, that's wonderful. Well, I really am excited for all that's to come. 
go and check it out because it's just such an incredible place and what you've created is so beautiful and yeah so what about the writing and the tv show and all of that moving forward for danielle what's what's in the works there well the tv show was never something that i did so it's something that i feel like i don't have control over to do again i mean i think i would if i i were asked but that's been amazing and it's given us exposure to people all over uh like i've had people from australia come here and the uk and germany and lots of people from the states who just want to kind of see what we do which is really amazing and uh, but the other parts, the writing, like I've written a couple of little cookbooks and I hope to do more of that um, if I could carve out some time. But I write for some local places like Taste of the Quarthas and Harrowsmith Magazine. And I love doing that. And um, I'd like to, you know, do a better job with my own blog post and uh, writing more frequently than I do. Uh, so, yeah, I will see what happens. But I feel like uh, there's lots of possibilities there mm -hmm. maybe a podcast in your future too and maybe a podcast <laughs> in my future oh, amazing <laughs> if i can just get my act together i can maybe carve some time out to get that organized <laughs> so if you if you had one tip and i know it's hard to narrow down to one but if you had one sort of takeaway to give our listeners today about you know all things you know country living sustainable living making your own food, all of it, you know, what would that one sort of like gold nugget be? Oh gosh. <laughs> well, for me, you know, my first and most important job is being, um, you know, a mom. And uh, if you are a mom, which I'm assuming most listeners to yeah. your podcast are, uh, that, you know, carving out that time to include your, your family in those decisions and, you know, is, is really the, the first place to start. And then when you follow those true gut instincts about what's right for your family, everything else flows from there. You know, for me, it was really just creating a really good meal, which then I wanted to create for other people, which is how I got started. And breaking bread, as you suggest, or just having a meal around the table was something I wanted to make sure I was there for all the time for my daughters. And I'm not going to say that they are geniuses in cooking. Maybe it's that mm -hmm. cobbler's ch child syndrome, but uh, I'm sure that they will be fantastic cooks when they're all out on their own. Uh, but, you know, just the concept of being together and eating together uh, is how it started for me. And that is all things flow from that. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for being here today. If our listeners want to track you down, um, as I said, I'll put everything in the show notes so they can find all of your websites and programs and things. But where do you hang out the most? Is it Instagram? Yeah, Instagram. Uh, we have sort of two diverse groups of people that listen, that follow us, you know, people my age and people, that, you know, a little older and people younger that are just starting out with families. So uh, Instagram and Facebook would be the two spots and uh and of course our website has a listing of everything southpondfarms.ca has a listing of everything that we do perfect thank you so much for being here danielle yeah thanks for having me sabrina it was just great great chatting
And thank you listeners for tuning in. You've, lis- you've just listened to another episode of You've Got This Mom in the Podcast and we'll catch you next week. Hey mama, I see you. You're overwhelmed. You're feeling the weight of the invisible mother load. You're tired. I'm Sabrina Greer and I'm a clarity coach and motivational speaker for moms. I can't even begin to tell you how many of my clients say, well, I'm just a mom. Insinuating that somehow they have to stop at that. They aren't good enough, strong enough, brave enough, worthy enough for more. Maybe time is your crutch. Money, resources, help. I'm here to tell you that you don't have to pick sides. You can be an amazing mom and live the life of your dreams too. Whether it's a blog, a business, a podcast, that book you've been wanting to write, perhaps you don't even know just yet. This 12-week program will help you discover or reignite your innermost passions and give you a blueprint for stepping into your next level self without jeopardizing your family. Learn how to create and design the life of your dreams in the pockets of time we have amidst the chaos of motherhood. I'm here to tell you, you are more than just a mom. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sabrina Greer, your host, and you've been listening to You've Got This Mama, the podcast. You can follow us at YGT Mama and join the conversation on Facebook and Instagram to get more information on the stories we share here, our community, our books, or the blog. Head on over to www.ygtmama.com. You can also access the show notes there. If you haven't already, please head over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your daily listen and subscribe to the tribe. Rate and review this podcast. That helps keep us alive and we deeply value every review. I would like to thank the production team and Megan Krumpetich, our producer, for making this happen. Thank you so much to all of you for giving us your ear. We hope you tune in next week. But in the meantime, please remember, you've got this, Mama.